what can we learn from our past to ensure we keep innovating in the future? Welcome back, mere mortals, another edition of the book reviews, another time for us to transcend mere mortality and review another book. Today, I have Innovation in Australia by Ben Kehoe, Creating Prosperity for Future Generations. Now, I want to give you a little insight into how I came about to get this book in my hot little hands, and that was myself and Karen, we were out doing a podcast, one of our usual weekly uh, podcast that we do outdoors and this particular individual walked by. He came across us, it was looking quite nice. It was just before we actually started our podcast. We got into having a bit of a conversation. Little did I know that it was Ben Kehoe. I actually ended up catching up with him a little bit after that initial conversation. We got talking to uh, around his new book, Innovation in Australia. And so at long last, I've actually gone through and reviewed it. And yeah, let's just talk about it now. So firstly, a little bit about Ben himself. So he's been working at the coalface for over four decades with uh, different businesses in the actual conversation of innovation alongside uh, being an individual consultant and working with a lot of CEOs to understand how to progress, how to innovate, how to stay ahead. So over the last decade, Ben has been exploring social media, blogging specifically, and the, the wide-ranging conversation around innovation to understand where the path is leading to. And really, this is where the book came from. Innovation in Australia is actually a compilation of the blogs that Ben released over uh, quite a period of time. I'm not exactly sure how many years. But it all came to fruition where in a lot of these blogs, he was talking about innovation. He was talking about the different pieces of uh, information that he has learned throughout his times. And he turned that into a book. Basically, uh, someone suggested that to him and he said, yep, this would be a great idea. Compiled it down. I believe uh, from personally having this conversation with Ben, he did let me know that this book was a much bigger book uh, to begin with. But of course, once you do the editing process, it gets slimmed down. So it's a quite a quick read. Um, and for me, <laughs> I'm not... I'm always not, not a quick reader, but I was able to consume this uh, effortlessly. So onto the actual book and, and what is it all about? So as I said, it's a fairly tight book. It's actually split up into four uh, parts, 10 chapters in total. And it basically weaves a little bit of a story. It takes us through a little bit of history around Australia, you know, what, what was, where we came from, some of the ideals behind there, <clears throat> and then specifically around business and innovation. Where do we stand uh, worldwide, globally. How does that look in comparison? And it's got a lot of figures. I'm not going to go and pull out any of those particular figures. You can go and obviously read the book or find out more about yourself. But really, what I took away was uh, Australia sits somewhere in the middle across those rankings, with some of them looking uh, not as great as we would imagine. And then, lastly, talking about the future. So, what does that mean for Australia? What does that mean for innovation? How can we continue to be prosperous for future generations? Uh, what will that entail? What are the acts that we have to to make and do? And specifically in this book, Ben is focusing on how business, uh, either in the way that they can step up to do more things or perhaps they need to be championed to do more things, uh, are key highlights that Ben goes through in the actual book. One key point as well that Ben makes throughout this book around innovation is also the conversation around the, the revolutions, the industrial revolutions. And these have been said in many multiple different formats. Um, you know, we talk about the first industrial revolution, which is, and I've got it right here in front of me, 
the mechanism of water and steam, second being the electric power and great mass production, third being um, information technology, automated production, and then we go into the fourth industrial revolution. And that is building on the third, going down the path of a digital revolution. And what we might think ourselves in Australia as being the country that might be leading ahead, the stats beg to differ, especially around that entrepreneurship, uh, around the, the new ideas that we're imposing. And it was abundantly clear, obviously, with a lot of the other examples that Ben put through in this book, is how little of, say, manufacturing takes apart uh, across our global uh, GDP and what we actually produce, how many companies actually come and buy out a lot of Australian companies. So there's a lot of examples around Chinese companies buying a lot of our food industries uh, as well as other global players. And he kind of makes a, a little... A suggestion or question, you know, why is this? Is it that we're not seeing the potential innovation around here? Are we too lazy to be putting it forward? And that's the other big thing that I sort of you take through through this book. And that's that that mentality and the idea that we live specifically here in Australians, we live in a country where it's, you know, we enjoy the the relaxing times. We enjoy just being chilled out, hanging out. It doesn't have to be about go, 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 being always productive. Now, that's a obviously a huge generalization. Do I see that in all cases? Definitely not. But what the stats actually show in terms of our numbers, in terms of what we put at the pet, you know, at the very top podium, uh, who do we idolize? We idolize those uh, top sports persons who are you know, doing great things for Australia. And in fact, we've got a huge amount of them. Like I personally, looking back, I was always a massive supporter of Ian Thorpe, you know, in swimming. And we've always been a really great country when it comes to swimming. And when you think about those idols, you think, yes, swimmers, or you think sports people or some type of sports or something quite different. And I guess another trend that he talks through in this book, Ben, is, you know, when when was the last time we idolized uh, business individuals? So someone who's actually pushing the boundary of the envelope around innovation and being prosperous, like the way that we might see, say, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or some of the other guys where, you know, they're titans of their industries, they're pushing the boundaries. Take Elon Musk, you know, he's looking at uh, changing the way that we think about uh, space and the cost of actually going to space, the way that we drive our cars, you know. There might have been some other conversations where uh, electric cars were coming, but, you know, he definitely put front and center electric cars into being a viable uh, production-ready cars, which are now, you know, it might spawn, who knows where it goes, right? So these innovations, you think of those individuals in the business context as, yes, those are the top leaders. But the question he asks here is, what about that innovation in Australia? Where, where are those people? Um, another example he provided from some of his um, historical knowledge was uh, they, they had to sit down uh, amongst five people. And I can't really recall who it was. And they, they named down who would be the top five people that you would want to uh, have next to you or leading the way in terms of innovation or putting forward this, this great new idea. And they actually struggled to come out with a great number of individuals. And again, that kind of showcase realistically, you know, if it is so hard across you know, history to find who are those key people that you say, yes, they were leading the charge, they were leading innovation. Uh, what does that say to just everyday life and being able to really find that in just everyday companies or smaller companies or just, you know, in you and me, me models. Now, the biggest theme for me and also the learning, so I'll try to combine them as well, was moonshots. I'm going to take the wording of moonshots. And it's not that he's talking a lot about this through the book, Ben, but he did reference to it at the very end. And it does reflect back to me around also thinking about moonshots in that personal level. So the theme there being that Australia as a whole, and let's take uh, in particular that example around 
water. So Australia, currently 25, 26 million people, depending on when you're listening to this, might be more. We we don't, let's just say there is a struggle with water. There is an issue in terms of getting water to all the population of Australia. We might not notice this in the capital cities, but when you're talking about farmers or you're thinking of someone who's a little bit rural, there is difficulties around water. And the whole consensus being, you know, for Australia to become maybe in a place that has 60 million people, 70 million people, we are just not in the position to be able to efficiently, effectively provide water to all those individuals, especially if we're starting to spread them out across the country. And the polarizing view that he gives in this particular book is also how uh, in Tel Aviv, right, they had the same issue of water in the desert and how quickly they've been able to manage a solution so they can keep on growing and not have that that issue of, of a lack of water. Now, that is just one example where Ben actually proposes, look, we need a an almost a moonshot, a big massive idea, something in the moon that we go, okay, we're going to just aim to go and do this as a whole country, not just as one business, not just as a state, but everybody needs to get together and put their ideas together and just say, okay, look, we're going to aim to do these five things, these six things. And you don't know that the CSIRO put together something similar to this where it was a couple of sentences of where Australia could be by 2030, I believe it was, with a few description, descriptive sentences that say, you know, in this particular areas, we're actually going to be able to go um, and be, be better by this particular year. I also wanted to bring up the moonshots that Ben actually proposed at the tail end of the book. And I'm going to actually read them because they are, they might get you thinking as they did me. So one is the Australia, the healthiest nation in the world, leading the world in all health related areas. Two, biotechnology to replace mining as a major driver of Australia's wealth creation. Three, an Australian Nestle, a global top five food provider. Four, a national transport system modeled on the best in the world. Five, Australia is a renewable energy hub for the world, especially for Asian countries. Uh, six, Australia is a water resilient for a population of 70 to 100 million. Uh, Australian top 10 defense technology exporters in the world. Resurrection of Australian manufacturing, Australia's trade link with Asia to be at least 50% by 2050, and an Australian space project, a literal moonshot, uh, landing a person on the moon. So a few takeaways for me of the actual book of Innovation in Australia by Ben Kehoe. It is very focused on business. It is very, very, very focused on innovation as a the various industries that exist. It isn't a broad scope where you might dial this down to an individual. So this is more a read for, who would I say it? Professors, directors, company owners, people who actually want to make a difference. Does it translate to the you and me who might, you know, thinking, well, I want to just transform the world or I want to transform Australia? Um, look, not in part, it's not directly attributed to you. But what it is saying is, as a country, holistically, everybody, we need to get on board with an innovation, with an idea, with those moonshots that we can say, yes, we are doing X, Y, Z for this reason, for this purpose, and we can all get behind it, regardless of the impacts or the difficulties that we might lie. Um, because again, you know, we, we work in a, in a cyclical system where we might propose, hey, let's have a train that goes from Brisbane to Melbourne that all of a sudden it gets agreed to by the particular federal government at the time. Three years later, new party comes to play. They don't like it. We've just wasted all this money on strategizing, planning, whatever have you, and now we're not even building it. So the same thing can be said for um, water strategies that we're going to be able to get our population of 70 to 100 million. Same thing can be said for transportation, for logistics, with how we interact with the country. It, it really puts forward an idea that 
If we're going to be able to innovate and be able to put ourselves at the forefront of countries around the world when it comes to innovation and be able to pursue greatness through generations, then we need to be able to go and transcend those mere three-year boundaries, five-year criticalities. You know, we've got to be thinking 2030, 2050, you know, 2100. What does Australia look like 2100 from an innovation, from a business perspective? What do we want to be leading on? Is it food? Is it manufacturing? Etc. So those are the thoughts that sort of popped to mind when I read Innovation in Australia by Ben Kehoe. Um, so for that, you know, I gave it a pretty good ranking uh, for this particular kind of book, a six and a half. So why a six and a half? It's not a book that I personally would go back to read again. Reason being, reading it through, it was crystal clear. And you could also tell that it also was extracted from blogs. So uh, it was it was clear to read. There wasn't anything, any jargon in there that you might think, especially given a it's a business book. Um, you might go, mm, okay, look, I don't really want to read this. It's going to be like a textbook. Definitely not. It's like reading a compact view of lots and lots of blogs on the particular topic, uh, obviously refined, reviewed, and made consumable. How long will it take you? Look, you could probably smash this down in three to four hours. Um, and Ben himself is a lovely, lovely guy. So I would actually recommend you go and purchase and check out this book. Last thoughts from me, Innovation Australia has helped me have a bit of a think around what my personal moonshots are as well. So that's the, the link that I took personally in terms of this sort of business book and what it looks like to me. And also helped align, although at least at a very long term, you know, these are some of the challenges that Australia faces in some of the things that I work, in some of the ways that I donate, in some of the ways that I support. Am I supporting the larger picture? Is there a larger picture? And perhaps I'm just a little bit more informed now of being able to have the conversation in the larger grand scheme of things. Folks, I hope you enjoyed this review of Innovation in Australia by Ben Kehoe. If you're watching right now in the video, make sure you're doing all the great seeks of subscribing, liking, commenting, etc. cetera. Uh, we'll also be putting in the description a link where you can go and find this uh, Innovation in Australia book so you can go purchase. Uh, there is some benefits that we get here at the Mere Mortals, but um, you know, if we want to help out, feel free to do that um, or go and find it in whichever other way. Would recommend to have a bit of a read. If you're listening to the audio at the moment, um, thank you very much for tuning in. Subscribe, share with friends. Tell the world, mere mortals, one out.